going on, people? This is Lecrae. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Kel Mitchell. Picky one is that would be me. <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brian Hooks. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Dorinda Clark Cole. Yo, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Kev, on stage. Yo, what's up? This is Doug E. Fresh. What up, what up? It's DJ Emmy for that Breakfast Club. What's up, everybody? It's Mr. Talkbox. Hello there. This is Kim Burrell. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Cardi Cortez. Well, hello there. I am Ja'Kalen Carr. Good afternoon. It's Jess with the mess. Hey, everyone. This is Faith Jesse. My name is Kid from Kid and Play. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. What's up, y'all? Las Vegas. It's Sad Entertainer. I want you to download and tune into the greatest gospel station in the Las Vegas area. It's the number one gospel station. Number one gospel station. Number one gospel radio. Check it out. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go download Anointed Radio app. From either the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. For 24-7 gospel. Make sure to check out their website at anointedradionetwork.com. Music for the soul, music for your spirit, music to lift your heart. That soul food for your body, that energy for your spirit. Gospel in the morning, gospel for lunch, gospel at dinner, and then you go to sleep. You know what? Guess what? You're dreaming about some gospel. Sometimes these are the songs that really uplift us and uh, get us through some of the tough times. Salute Pastor J. Calhoun and Anointed Radio. Know your boy wouldn't steer you around. Go listen right now. You feel me? Check them out without no doubt because gospel is what it's all about. Hey, 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 everybody. This is Pastor Jay, and we're going to start off in normal fashion. And normal fashion is this. We're going to come out of 1 John 4 and 12, and it reads, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. God is of love. If you don't know love, then you don't know God. God is not the person that that you you made up in your head that is just gonna to correct you twenty four seven. He loves you. He's guiding you. It's our word placement a lot of times where we put God to be this mean, horrible person. He just don't want me to do what I want to do. No, He's guiding you so that you don't have so much headache in the back end. You didn't understand that He was trying to protect you from things, and when you did it. You ended up in a bad situation, but he was trying to prevent you from it. But he still loves you enough to guide you through it. We got to understand we got to love one another like God loves us. All the things that we didn't, all the things that we deserve from God, man, you know what you've done. You know what you've done in the background that nobody knows. But God loves you despite of it. God is here for you. God still opens doors. Despite if you actually do what you're supposed to do, he still blesses you. God is an awesome God. And we got to start showing that favor and that and in that and that that love towards other people. And, and and you know what I've been saying. I'm Mr. Can I get a little grace? You know, I've been, I've been saying that because we have to get to the point of giving grace to other people. 
that's love because God gave you grace in the midst of your ugliness and your brokenness and your in your own prodigal son, prodigal daughter ways. It's time for us to give each other grace, love each other and really rock out like how God wants us to do together to show the greatness of the body of Christ. I see you, my uncle coming up here. He asked for prayer requests, Kevin, uh, Kevin Walls, make sure that you guys pray for him. I'm definitely praying for you. I always pray for you, but I, I got you. But God is of love. Amen. Um, let's go into prayer. Dad, Father God, I just ask you right now to, to be in the midst, God. God, you saw Kevin's request, God, whatever he's going through. God, I ask you to just bless him to be able to give him the guidance, the wisdom that he needs, the comfort and the strength to be able to help him in whatever he's going through, God. And God, I ask you today to be able to just help him see you in the midst of it all. But God, I ask you right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you could be able to, to bless us, Lord. Thank you for giving us another day, another chance, new grace, new mercy. God, we just thank you for it. God, I ask you to bless the people under the sound of my voice that if they don't know you, that, that you could be able to mend the relationship so that they want to know you, that they could desire to know more about you, God. God, I ask you to be able to show the evidence of you in everybody's life that's under the sound of my voice so they could see where God was there. Man, when I felt by myself, God was there. When I felt like I, I had nobody to turn to, God was there. So God, I just ask you to just be in the midst. God, I ask you to be able to let us reach the unreachable, teach the unteachable and touch somebody with the hardest heart so they can say, what can I do to be saved? God, I ask you to just be able to expand the territory of anointed radio to get to new airwaves, to new to new frequencies and to new countries and to new borders and and places where they want to know more about you, God. God, let's be a great representation of you, Lord, where people, when people see anointed radio, they see about you, God, and that you could be able to use that as a seed to plant for a, a great relationship, to let something be said tonight that could be able to bless somebody, be able to help break chains, help build good habits, help be able to empower and encourage in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we ask you to be able to touch any heart that has been feeling like they've been stranded and strained that they're going through some things. God, I ask you to be able to just really touch their mindset to not really feel that they, they, that they're by themselves, but God encourage them to show that they are love and that they are surrounded by a family, a body of Christ. It might not be your physical family. It might not be the friends you wanted, but that there is somebody out there that cares for them and that they have a support system. God, I bless anybody with infirmity in their body. Give, take off the stress, be able to start healing in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I ask you, anybody that has the spirit of unforgiveness or the, of contempt or anything have a, a, with a brother or a sister, God, I ask you to be able to just touch their heart, Lord, bless their heart, give them an at ease and a peace. And God, I just thank you for everything that you're doing, God. Thank you for loving us when we didn't love ourselves and always being there. We say that all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 This is Pastor Jalen, like always, I got something to say. And what I got to say is this. You can follow me at Anointed Jalen on all social media platforms. And you can follow Anointed Radio at Anointed Radio. LV, 
like Las Vegas, LV Anointed Radio at all social media platforms. And you can follow me at a, um, on all music streaming platforms where you could get Jesus, You Make Me Happy, Renew My Praise, Wake Up Bless, Spirit Flow Through Me, and my new single, like I've been singing for, for months now since October, Can I Get a Little Grace? Can I Get a Little Grace is on all streaming platforms, multiple radio platforms is doing great things. It hit a million streams on SoundCloud with my other singles, Spirit Flow Through Me. Shout, man, I just shout out everybody that is supporting the project. But let's start living the project. The reason why I came with Can I Get a Little Grace is because we have to start giving grace to people. We have to start giving grace to people that have offended us knowing and unknowingly, the people that have uh, 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 tore us down or, or or not been so supportive we gotta give them grace because god gave us grace and we have to lead the charge and we have to be the example amen so but if you want to get any of those songs go to all the music streaming platforms but before I bring up our guests, make sure you share, like, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, on my YouTube people, make sure you hit that bell. Make sure you share it. Put it on your Facebook. All my Facebook people, actually tag some people, share, like, do all the do all that good stuff. Tag it in your groups. And all my Instagram people, shout out to all my Instagram people. Make sure that you tag some people, show some likes, register with us by liking and, and putting some hearts and, and laughs and, and thumbs up. And all my Twitch people, make sure that you share on your platforms. I think I got everybody. Before we bring our guests, we're going to go ahead and pay some bills. Shout out to all of our sport partners, our sport partners of the Las Vegas Raiders, the Las Vegas Knights, our champion Las Vegas Knights, Stanley Cup winners, um, the Las Vegas Aces, our two-time winning WNBA champions, world champions, the first to bring a championship to Las Vegas, and they did it two times. So, Shout out to the Lady Aces. Shout out to the Aviators, the Las Vegas Lights. They have a new owner now, so he's planning to do great things. He was in the MLB. Now he's he's the owner of the Las Vegas Lights, our soccer team. So definitely make sure you go and support all Las Vegas sports. We're becoming a Las Vegas sport mecca. When I first started Anointed Radio, we had no teams. And then we ended up with one team, which was the Knights. And we just grown from there. And we're soon to get the Las Vegas. Vegas athletics. So I'm telling you, it's great things are coming. We have the Super Bowl coming. And if you didn't know, now you know Anointed Radio will be in the building for the celebration of gospel at the Super Bowl. So you'll definitely see us in representation here in the city um, for that. And we have the Gospel Fest in downtown Henderson on Water Street coming up soon. And we have um, the Grammys next week which I'll be traveling to Los Angeles for a few events. So it's going to be great things. We got Miss Yield on here out of Houston, Texas. Yes, you will see me. We're going we're gonna to cut up on, on, on the red carpet. So I'm telling you, a lot of great things are coming up, and Anointed Radio is full effect and will be there in representation. But with that being said, I'm bringing up a legend in the game. I mean, she has so much accolades that I can't fit it all into this show because she's done so many great things. She's been awarded so much. She's a powerful woman of God. And she's she's been able to cultivate people's careers. She's been able to build and mentor a lot of people in the industry. And she is the one who's, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for her, Anointed Radio wouldn't be where they, they where they where it is now because she was such a great help 
to be able to help us in our younger years when we were coming up in the radio world. But I want to introduce to some and reintroduce to others Apostle Verl Howard, everybody. Y'all go ahead and clap it up at your houses. Make sure you clap it. Make sure you clap. Make sure you go, woo. Our senior hall said, all that good stuff. Apostle Verl Howard. So, with that being said, before before I go, yes, we're going to cut out. We're going to cut up. Houston. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> so, Apostle. Yes. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can. And uh, look, all see. the different sites you named, I, I need you to set mine up. <laughs> you listed about 20 places where they can find you and hear you. And I just need, I need you to go on and get your girl right. But uh, I am on IG. Hey, I'm doing something. Hey, it if is, you're on IG, you have to ask after battle. Yes, I said the battle. It is connected to my TikTok. See, I'm telling you. And it's connected to my Facebook somehow. I don't know how. Um, I think it may be on there now. I don't know. I have to share. But um, it's under Apostle Verl Howard. Everything is Apostle Verl Howard. My Twitter. My. I don't even want to go back to MySpace. Oh, we. You know, I, think I still so have one, Pastor Jalen. I think I got one. But, well, I got one too. Yeah. Those you are the good. One too. Actually, you know, it's, it's funny that you said MySpace. I was first discovered as a 17 year old R&B singer on MySpace. But, you know, I messed I missed the deadline to send my audition tape um, to Ashley for this record label. And. Wow. Older me, it's like, man, what was wrong with you? But I was worried about school and 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 football and and being a teenage kid. I didn't have like a mom manager because my mom she was like, well, that's what you do for your fun time. And then we have Miss Tar saying hello to you, Apostle. Right, Elder Tar, make sure you share, share, share. Tell the whole Matthew six thirty three to get on. Amen. So. Let, man, let, I want to get started because you have so much in your background. I've had you on the show and I, I feel like I've got so much like information, but it's still minute to your to your years of what you've done in the industry. So let's get started. So with, with anybody that don't know, where is your first where is your hometown? and Where do you reside now? Oh, well, I reside in the DMV. I like to call myself global. I'm praying that one day God bless me with Tara put the wrong number up. That's not your number, Elder Tara. Uh, I'm praying that God bless me with some houses all over the globe. <laughs> but right now, I live in the DMV. I would love to have a house in, in a number of different places to do ministry work. And um, because the ministry that God has blessed me with is global. It's not just one city or one dimensional. And I started recognizing that some years ago when God started trusting me to go out into a whole bunch of other countries. And he said, that's because you have a global ministry. But for right now, it's the D.C., Maryland area. Okay. So I, I have to ask, what was the push to get you into the industry? I here by default. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I 
really did. I'm being honest with you. Because when I was a little girl, I was very animated, you know, tap dancing, ballet dancing, Hawaiian dancing, and just always had all this personality. And so I used to want to be an actress when I was a little girl. My parents rebuked me. They were like, no. <laughs> kind of like how your mama said that stuff is for fun. They're like, mm -hmm. you ain't going to go to school and you're going to get you some degrees up under your belt. And so I went to school and got 100 degrees in science, you know, and, but that entertainment thing just kept coming back around to me. I just couldn't shake it. So I started modeling as an adult, many of beauty pageants, even did some little extra parts in some movies. I could not shake it. So once I got saved and after medical school and all this other stuff, and God was really defining where I'm supposed to be, that's when I got catapulted back in the music industry, back in um, play business, back in TV business. And it wasn't until I came to know the Lord that he kind of shifted me where I belonged. And so I went the I went a long way to get here. You know what I mean? I did the parent thing. I made them happy, a whole bunch of graduations and everything else. But in the inside, I didn't feel like I was fulfilling the calling on my life in ministry as well as the assignment in the entertainment arena. So that was the push. Okay. So I would have to you ask. Take that. That's that's okay for you. You wanted something else? No, I'll take that. My next follow-up question to that would be, what was the, the thing that you had to tell yourself to break from what your parents saw for you? Because a lot of us, when you get a parent to be like, you know, say, I want my daughter to be a, a doctor. I want my, my son to be a lawyer. And I want this. It kind of stick with you because you don't want to let your parent down, even uh -huh. if that's not what you want to do. So what was uh -huh. the, the determining factor that you was like telling yourself, like, man, mom and dad is going to have to be mad. I got to do this entertainment thing. Uh -huh. Well, one of the things was no stable job. Mm. They didn't understand that, how I was just floating. I was just waiting on God to tell me where to go, what to do, who to talk to, whose phone call to answer. Where, you know what I'm saying? I had to really like tighten up my ear gates to hear from God because I did not have a stable paycheck. I did, And that was hard for me. When I walked away from a stable paycheck, I sat in my room, and this is no lie, Pastor Jay. I sat in my room with my head down. I, I was sitting there in like a squat position almost. And I said, God, what do I do? Because I had gotten so accustomed to a pattern. I gotten so accustomed to a habitual behavior. I got so accustomed to leaning on something that I thought I could really rely on. You know, it really a job at the end of the day. You can't really rely on either because you don't know what's going to happen, what's going to happen, who God's going to lay off or whatever. And right. so then that was my security blanket. And so my parents were like, okay, she got a security blanket. But when I snatched that security blanket and I said, I'm just going to hear from God. Oh, no, everybody thought I was loony. They were like, let's see how long this is going to last. That's just a phase that she's going through. She'll get over it. She's going to need some money, you know, and she'll come back to reality. But I never came back to reality. I stayed at the reality that Christ had for me, but not man's reality. And it wasn't always easy. You know, when I sat like that, I didn't have no money and I trusted God. And that's how I came up with the name Faith Management. I said, well, what do I do? 
He said, faith management and talent casting. You have a gift. You have a gift to discover talent. You have a gift to push talent. You know, he said, and you have a gift inside of you as talent. And that, you know, so faith management and talent casting, it is. I didn't even know what I was supposed to do, Pastor Jada. I didn't even know what that meant. But I trusted God. I stepped hmm. out and then he started showing me the way. And he was relay, he was, he was putting it out there for me as to what faith management and talent caster really was. Cause I didn't know. Nobody told me how to be a, ta a talent caster. Nobody told me how to manage anybody. I didn't go to school for any of that. I went to school to be a doctor. My degrees are in science. My master's degree is in business school, I mean, uh, administration to run a school. So I never went to school to represent artists. I had to study contracts. A friend of mine who was my lawyer, she gave me a book this thick. I sat down and learned every contract. I can write contracts with my eyes closed. Somebody told me I should go to law school. So I had to train myself and prepare myself. I had to learn the recording industry. I had to learn what royalties were. I had to learn what publishing was. I had to learn what masters were. I had to learn the deals, you know, all of that. And God taught me because this is where he called me. And see, he qualified you after he called you. And that, and that's that's the powerful thing because a lot of people feel like when God calls them, they're not prepared. They don't got the degree. I need this. I need that. But you just proved right there. You know, when God calls you for these opportunities, he will equip you with the provisions and the things that's needed for you to be successful. And he'll open the doors because a mm -hmm. lot of people are, you know, a lot of people haven't wrote that book because they felt like, man, they got the opportunity to write the book, but they're like, man, I've never went to school to write books mm -hmm. or, or make the song or, or model or act or do these different things that, that they felt like they need more training or more, more help in. But, it was powerful to hear you saying that you had people teach you along the way and you still did it. And God still opened the doors because that was a calling on your life. So. And I'm, I'm still learning. How about that? I don't know it all. This industry is constantly revolving and you know, it is endless. I am still learning as it changes. I don't sit back and get content and get comfortable because I, I don't know it all. I mean, even like with what you're doing with singing, you know, the charts have shifted. You know, mm -hmm. there's things that are constantly moving. And so you have to stay on your A game. The sound has shifted. You know, all of that, the way you mark, the way you promote, the way. Right. So I am, excuse me, I am still learning, especially the TV business. Oh, that's a whole nother ball game. I thought, you know, I had gotten the music together. Then I had to turn around and learn the TV industry. And that's intricate. That's very intricate, you know, down to how deals are done, down to how points are done, down to what mandates are, down to what companies are looking for what, you know, so that's a whole nother ball game. And then you wrap music on top of that, because we talked about earlier today, sync deals, you know, so then you got to understand the, the musical part to understand the, the linking of the musical with the movie, with the licensing and all that other stuff. It's a lot. Right. And so what I try to do, I try to, um, you know, pull aside. And if it, I'm going to be honest with you, if it's something, something I don't know, I'll ask somebody. You know, there's some people out here I've been working with that are a whole lot smarter than I am in the industry. They've been doing it a whole lot longer than I have. And, you know, they're my mentees. Like one of them, um, Brian Scott, Pastor Brian Scott. 
You know, they have the oldest African-American record company in the business. They have partnered up with everybody. He sits on all types of boards. There's not a board he doesn't sit on. And so when I have a question about something, I'll hit him up on his cell phone. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to let somebody know I don't know. Right. And I'll ask him because I want to know. And I think you should always try to be around people as well as, you know, you might have some that may not know as much as you, but you need to be around some people that, that you can glean and learn from because iron does sharpen iron. And so I try to ask those people the questions without seeming dumbfounded. Mm -hmm. And I, I like that you were able to admit, which a lot of people won't, I need help. And I need to understand. I need, I need guidance because a lot of times people won't realize, oh, my whole screen went, the devil you is a lie. A lot of people won't continue to, to learn. And I'm back. No, you're not. But I would love to okay. see you back. Mm -hmm. but um, I'm listening to you, go. though. I can hear so, your voice. I'm back. There it go. See? Yes, I went the yes, yes. So, um, I like that you said that you didn't, because you didn't know you don't stop from asking questions. And, you know, a lot of people have always asked me, they're like, Pastor Jay, how did you get to do it? And I'm like you, I'm not scared. And I don't care about people's status to ask mm -hmm. questions mm -hmm. because my, my grandmother always told me a closed mouth, don't get fed. And you always have to get to a point where you have to start asking these questions and, and understanding really what's happening mm -hmm. so that you could be able to be well in what, you, what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So one thing I want, I want to ask, and you have uh, Miss Tanya saying hello to you, Apostle. Hey, that's Apostle Tanya. Hey, Apostle Tanya. <laughs> so I want, I, I want to ask this. So you did, you did some acting and modeling when you, you were younger. Mm -hmm. What did you see have changed since then compared to now that you're doing acting compared to when you were doing it when you were younger, just starting off? You know what? Nobody has ever asked me that question ever. Um, well, of course, the women are skinnier. I thank God that I'm a plus size model because <laughs> I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to hang because those women are like size zero, six, one and zero. They have metamorphosized over the years. You know, back in the day, they might have had more of a figure. They just straight sticks now. So I thank God for that. The um, attire totally out the box now. It's weird. Um, it has really shifted the opportunities. Uh, somebody my age wouldn't have been able to model back then mm -hmm. because if you weren't in that range, you know, 12, probably, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To 20, uh, you weren't able to model, um, more things are accepted. You can have wild blue hair, you have edginess to you. Whereas it wasn't like that. Um, so those are just some of the things. And then there's more opportunities on a whole for the fashion industry. And so those are some of the things that have changed with respect to what I have experienced. Okay. So that's a great question. No, no one has ever asked me that. 
Well, because I always wanted to know, because I've always heard from people that the industry is always changing. So I, I, with you being able to witness that from your younger age to now being that you've been in the industry for a while, that you were able to see the, the differences. And like you said, um, I believe there was the, the woman from Black Panther. She was like the oldest actor on the set. Uh-huh. But back in the day, they wouldn't allow unless you were a known figure and people uh-huh. grew up with you. They they wouldn't have gave op- opportunity to a seventy year old or eighty right. year old back in the day. She was in uh-huh. that age from Black Panther, her first uh-huh. role ever. So it it's it's a it's amazing how the doors are open more. Um, one thing I do want to ask is so how let, let's let's get into your your role on Double Cross. So how how do you feel now that you're on this TV show and you're regularly on the show? How do you feel with the development of it? Because I, I know with it keep growing and, and, and your position still growing, how do you feel that the development is growing with you and your character? You know, that's a great question, too, because I got on here by default as well. I was casting and there was a character that Crystal Gibson, who is the creator and executive producer of the show, thought that I would fit. And what happened was I did uh, the reading and she said, well, pretty much she gave me, you know, I did the reading. She gave me the position and the network liked me. And so then the network wanted me to come back. That's pretty much how it happened. And so now we're in our fifth season as the number one show on all black TV network. And um, Crystal upped my role. Like the first, I don't know if you saw the first episode that just came out for this season, but I'm in the first episode. And so she started positioning me to have um, more, more parts in the whole series. Now, the unfortunate thing, we are the number one show. So if y'all want us to come back, y'all need to petition for us because the network gave us another TV show. And it's an all set of double cross. It's called Conspirators. And we just finished auditioning for that in the D.C. area this past weekend. So they want us to focus on that show right now. So, um, Mm. yeah, yeah. So if we don't come back, we went out with a bang as number one. But Crystal is so creative. She can always find a way to bring us back. It could be two years from now, three years. But The Conspirators is an offset of Double Cross. So it's the younger version of us within the same demographics. And it's powerful. Um, She's writing the rest of the script now. I was able to see some of the sides that we had for doing auditions. And I can't wait to see what's going to come out of that. So in that particular um, series, I'm serving more so in a casting capacity because this particular series is geared towards 20 some year olds, 21, 22. You know, I think I'm young and everything else, but I can't fake that Jalen. So (laughs) now I put a black wig on. Okay. But I can't be no 20 some year old. So, um, so yeah. So, I thank God for it. I mean, you'll see a lot of me this season in Double Cross. If you are a fan of ours, you know, it's a child sex trafficking TV series. It is raw as raw can be. They're not trying to, you know, stroke nobody's little 
back and be soft. It is the real deal because sex child, child sex trafficking is a dirty, ugly billion dollar business. It's mm -hmm. not cutesy at all. So when you see all those twists and turns in the storyline, you're like, my God, Crystal's letting us have it. And you just can't get enough of it. And this is why we're number one. I got friends, they like, man, I'm a fan. I mean, you know, radio announcers, TV people, they're like, I am a fan. So um, it's the writing and it's the rawness and the realness of the storyline. Okay. So with the the, the storyline picking up, man, and I, I'm just, I, I want Double Cross to keep going. The story. You need to look, reach out to the network, tell them you love it. You a fan and y'all got to bring it back because we are. Special announcement. All black network, uh, black TV. <laughs> Doc, I was it all black dot TV. I need y'all to all keep black up. TV network, all BLK TV network. I need y'all to uh come on now, make a six season, make six number six. Mm -hmm. I might get to get put on, you know what I'm saying? I'm I need yeah. I need to get on there. You know, I was Suge Knight for uh, for Halloween, so I come in there, but yeah, yeah, we're the kids. I was That's gearing it. up, you know. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was gearing up to start doing the casting and everything for our next season because our next season we normally shoot in the summertime, which means we would have been shooting that in July 2024. But right now we're in pre-production for conspirators, and that we're shooting in March. And then once that is over with, then we go into shooting another TV uh show, and these are off sets of double cost so mm -hmm. you know it, it keeps on a different type of way but i know what you're saying like them twins or something else time act that nurse is crazy and you gotta watch this season with little old me crystal really did me good she really did she challenged me in some different ways you know for those who saw the first episode, they understand what I'm saying. She's a, She allowed me to step up. And then the good thing is there's another director because Crystal and Howard have a tendency to let other directors come on and shadow them or sometimes shoot particular scenes. There was another director on there. He saw me and he said, I'm about to write. He said, I'm about to write you a lead, uh, a lead movie for you. And so I hit him up about a week ago. I said, did you forget me? He said, he said, no, I didn't forget you yet. He said, I'm going to fly you out to L.A., let you shoot. So I try to stay in contact with him, but he saw something in me on set. And I was like, wow. So it opened up a whole nother opportunity, you know, for me. And I'm excited about it. So I have to ask this question because I've known you for so, for so long now. And, and you've, you've managed and cultivated artists. So now. Have you found somebody that could do that for you? Nope. Oh, wow. I actually was talking to one person. I, I really was. He and I have been discussing it for two years. But he's so busy. We work closely together. Mm -hmm. And I had talked to, um, I don't know if I should say his name, but he and I discussed it. He was willing to manage me. And I was like, well, are you going to have time for me? So what I'm going to end up doing is I am going to get me uh, a couple of acting agents to represent me, to put me out there from the acting perspective. Um, yeah. Because unless they can bring just as much to the table, 
unless they can bring people like Pastor Jalen and all these wonderful friends I have on the radio station and these wonderful friends I already know in TV, they can't represent me. They got to be able to bring something to the table, not just take from me. So I'm looking for that right person who comes to me with the goods, who already comes to me with a Rolodex, already comes to me with connections and not pulling off of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think I'm going to end up signing with an agent. I don't know if I'm going to do an exclusive agency thing, but I am going to have an agent this year. Uh, one of the actors that uh, he's a younger actor, I'm like auntie to him. He has an agent and that agent tried to send me on some commercial work. So I'm looking at possibly her and some others. So I could really do this on another level. And you want a good agent. You want an agent who believes in you. You want an agent who's going to put you out there. You want an agent who can sell your gift. I mean, I mean, you need somebody aggressive like that. You know, I don't need nobody sitting back and just getting money off of me. I need somebody who's going to put me in front of people. And I need somebody going to put me in front of people I can't put myself in front of. That part. You know, that part. Because a lot of these African-American directors, I already know. So I need somebody to go ahead and put me in front of, you know, Spielbergs and things like that. You know, so I can get those bigger opportunities. So I am going to get an agent, even, you know, just for commercials and some different work versus what I'm doing. But I have to be prepared to be ready to go. If I need to go audition in Atlanta, I got to be ready to go. If I need to audition in Cali, I got to be ready to go. If I need to get up to New York, I got to be ready to go. Now, see, that comes with an agent. You got to have money. They're not going to fly you to those places. Yes, they're going to make money off you if you get picked up, but you have to be willing to fly yourself there. You have to be ready. You have to, you have to keep yourself in an already, always ready position. I told mm-hmm. you earlier, I'm trying to drop 15 pounds because TV puts 15 pounds on you. And, you know, I got a little winter, a little winter weight going on. And, but re- regardless of winter, summer, spring, fall, you got to, you got to be tight. You got to always be ready if you want to be picked up by some of these directors, unless they're looking for, you know, a more thicker woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to get me an agent. I'm talking to some now. So I have to ask, how do you manage it all? I don't. (laughs) 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 I don't. I literally, this is no lie. I'm going to tell you one thing. My prayer life and worship life has really had to intensify really had to intensify and sometimes I fight God because it's so much prayer and worship he wants out of me and that's the key to me keeping it all together so this is not just cliches I get up in the morning sometimes four o'clock sometimes three o'clock sometimes I don't sleep and God is talking to me to tell me how to conduct my day or who I'm to call or you know, and then I start out my day sometimes just uh, praying worship the whole, when you came on here, I was playing, I was praying worship. I try to keep the atmosphere charged with God. So I don't slip up, you know, I keep it charged. And so I can stay in the spirit and he pretty much directs my path. He does. And he tells me how to do it. I had to tell a lady today, I said, you know, I try not to stress out because this industry can stress you out. It's 
You got to be aggressive. You got to be on point. You got to da, 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 da. It can stress you out. And I'm not trying to go to an early grave. I'm not trying to be stressed out. I'm not trying to be worked up. I really want to walk in a state of rest and still be effective. Yeah, mm. You know what I'm saying? I really want to do that Proverbs, you know, three, trust in the Lord with all the heart, lean out to your own understanding. I really want to get there because I still have moments where, okay, I ain't make enough contracts this month. I'm going to pay my bills. It's mm. real talk, Jason. I don't have a nine to five, you know, nine to four, nine to three. Everybody can't do this. Everybody can't walk away from their job and do this. And when those moments come, I'm like, okay, God, you told me to trust you. You told me to trust you. I need a contract to come. And it could be the nth hour, the day about the shift. It could be the last day for me to pay a bill and it's late. And then God will shift that thing and then boom, a contract will come. They'll, they'll wire me some money and it was God's doing and I trusted him in the nth hour. So, you know, I don't advise this for everybody. I really don't. Well, the uh you have to get to a point where you have to trust God despite of what you see. And mm -hmm. it goes back to that, to the type of what, you, what God gave you the name of faith management, because That's you really right. walking out on faith to make sure that everything is where it's supposed to be. So mm -hmm. I, I definitely want to ask the question of, from the acting perspective, because you're 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 casting call too. You do casting calls. You you're, yes. you're talent. What's one thing for any uh, actor out there that's listening? One thing that you see that is a constant oversight when they come and audition. They're not prepared. They don't study their craft. They don't. Some need to take acting lessons. Um, some think they fit the role. And they're nowhere near the size of the role. Some come thinking they already got it. We can see through that. We can see through the arrogance. You know, like, I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't say this. But I'm just going to say in my line of work. In my line of work. You know, a very beautiful girl showed up to audition. And she just thought, because she was so fine, it's great mind. She got the role. And there was a spirit of arrogance on it. It's a difference between being confident and being arrogant. Mm -hmm. And so it was a spirit of arrogance. We, you know, I was talking with the producers. We all saw it. And though she fit the role that she could act, but then you got to worry about the arrogance that you're dealing with when you get them on the set. Are they going to trip out? They're going to get an attitude with you. You know what I'm saying? Are they going to think they're all of that? They're going to be problematic. So that's one of the things, you know, sometimes it's, it's arrogance versus confidence. And then another thing, people want to act, but they don't invest in them. You got to have a reel. You got to have pics with your bio. You know, people always call me, Apostle, can you put me in this, this, this? And they say, they don't have a reel. And even if you've never done anything before, do your own reel. Make up a reel. Improv. Make Do something. Do different characters. Tape yourself. Put your number, contact number on there. Put your weight, your age. You're not your age, but your height. And if you could do a dialect, you know, record yourself doing a dialect. If you could play somebody's, you know, grandfather. So they don't do stuff like that. So that's why I said ill-prepared, not even prepared. And that's another problem because there's some people that are extremely talented and I know that they're very, very talented, but they don't have any stuff in order. And that mm. even goes for me, you know, 
I had to have somebody help me because I'm not as technological as you are. When I was auditioning, I had to get, I had to pay Ashley, a young girl, to cut my tape up for me. Um, you know, just little stuff that somebody who's tech savvy would know how to do. Because when they call you for auditioning, you don't have time to figure it out. Right. You really don't. It's like right then and there, you know. Um, they'll close it up on you in a minute. And then you would have missed it. I had minutes to go put my robe on and audition for the Wesley Christmas wedding. It was a Wesley Christmas story last year, but this year it was a Wesley Christmas wedding that came out in December with Jasmine Guy, Dorian Wilson, T.C. Carson. I'm in that as well. And that's going to last till February. But when I got that phone call, being that I wasn't what they were looking for, they were looking for a man in his 30s, 33, some black hair. So when they called me and said, can you do this? I said, let me put my pastoral. I even went and put a robe on and I sent that thing right back to them. And so a lot of times you don't have time to try to figure it out and you don't have time to be second guessing yourself. You don't have time to be a lot of times people second guess themselves when they do mm -hmm. this stuff. Right. You can't be doing that. And you want somebody to put you in their, you know, TV show, movie, reality show, whatever it may be. You can't be arrogant. But you can't be sitting there like doubting and second guessing either. Because that shows. That's good. It comes right through on the tape. You can see it in the, you know, in the, oh, uh, Evangelist Naomi's on here. She said, you did an amazing job. And on the officer scene, great job. I need you to catch up. I need <laughs> you to catch <laughs> up. I'm going to need you. I love Evangelist Naomi. I want you to come to season five. Come to season five. I'm on the first. We only had one episode so far. I'm in that episode. The next episode, I think, comes out tomorrow. I pray to God I'm in that one, too. But Evangelist Naomi is a good, uh, she's been a supporter of mine for years. And she's also on radio, Pastor Jalen. Oh, amen. How yeah, you doing? Yeah, radio counterpartners. Mm -hmm. Amen. So I have to ask you, You've since you have cultivated so many artists. I mean, you've had artists hit number one, like, like candy, like you didn't have them just come and they get number one and they've done great in their careers. So is that your same vision to do with actors now on the acting side? For me. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I heard I that. Everybody else's ministries for 30 Yes, it's time for Apostle Burl Howard to blossom. Do you see all this white hair on my head? It is time for me. And I had to come to grips with that. Now, does that mean that I don't still share opportunities? No, that's not true. I do. Because I called you. I said, do you know any actors who fit this, yep. this, this, and this? So, you know, I still... I, I'm still a kingdom player. I'm still a team, a team connector. I'm always hooking people up. So I'm still going to do that. That's just part of my makeup. But in this particular portion of my life, I'm looking out for Burl Howard, you know, because I have sacrificed my dreams and things I wanted to do to the point of thinking it was never going to happen for me and to sow into everybody else. I did it for 30 years now because I was obedient, because I did that. You know, some people can't sow four years, three years, five years. I did it for 30 
years. So because I've helped other people become multimillionaires, number one, um, we didn't even know who they were. And then I busted my behind to try to get them out there, get their names out there or whatever. Now it's time for me. And I still have my artists. I still look out for my artists. I'm still pushing my artists, but I'm not going to forget me anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not, Pastor Jalen. I'm not trying to be selfish, but I'm not going to forget me. The Bible says your latter days shall be greater. I'm not going nowhere until God says it's time for me to go. But in this time period right now, as an eagle who's soaring at this juncture of life, I got to do what God has called me to do. So, yeah, I need a person to push me out there. See, you know, it's, 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 this is prophetic. This is on God's timing because uh, a few days ago on the 13th, and today's 24th, 11 days ago, I wrote, right now, your assignment is you. Water you. Self-awareness and self-love is needed. And God brought that on to my heart because so many people so 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 but they never take care of self and they're dying like there's so many people out there on their last leg but they're still trying to so 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 but not taking time for themselves not making sure that they good their health is good man i know too many people that their health have deteriorated overnight like they were healthy uh -huh. one day and now they, they now i'm going to their funeral and they uh -huh. didn't take care of self Mm -hmm. And it's not like you said, it's not selfish, it's self-care. Because if you mm -hmm. what, what, what the airplanes say, when the oxygen come on, you put the oxygen on yourself. You put it on you first. You put the oxygen tank on you. You can't help nobody if you ain't no oxygen. There you go. And I feel like that's a lot of people in their ministries, in their in they craft, <laughs> in their business right now. They, they need some oxygen because uh -huh. they've been sharing it with everybody else, but they haven't established mm -hmm. themselves. And then the big thing that you said that a lot of people in industry, business, ministry haven't been trying to grow and pivot into the new season, you uh -huh. know, because I think that's a major thing in development where you got to keep it learning, is. keep it learning. Is. Being better, you know, you auditioned mm -hmm. one way for ten years. Now you need to audition another way. Uh -huh. If you did one uh, a song this way, you need to sing a song a different uh -huh. way. And, and I really believe what you said is powerful because this is a lot of people they on their last leg because they haven't changed. They haven't really changed the way that that they've been doing it. They've been kind of complacent. And I like you said, don't get complacent while you're in this industry because you have to continue to grow. So. I have to ask this part. What was the most challenging thing for you in acting? Um, probably, well, I studied my lines so far in advance, but trying to remember. <laughs> this season, I have a lot of lines. <laughs> and a person that stands there that has every word you're supposed to say and the guy would come up with me and say you didn't say the well dad can I say uh he said but the script says the you know so they have that type of person standing there a script supervisor 
And then making sure that the timing of your lines are correct with the right projection. That is very, very key. Because in this particular role, I got to have some oomph with me. I'm like a boss lady. But there's a scene in this particular role where I tell the girl, not over my dead body. So I had mm. to take my mindset there. You know what I'm saying? And that's another thing. You know, you have to be able to shift. And she was like, oh, okay. She's serious. So that part and making sure that you properly flow with the person because my counter partner is a veteran actor. Time Act from The Last Dragon, he's been acting for a while. He was Bruce Leroy Green in that karate flick. And um, so when you're up with people who have done this for a long time, it can be a little intimidating because I know one of the, one of the uh, shots, it didn't come out. I really hoped it came out. But last season, there was, uh, you know, because you never know what's going to what's going to get edited out. That's another thing. You can shoot a lot of different. I, one of my scenes I was looking for wasn't there last year. And so one of the scenes, he had like a spa room. And there was a young girl who came in and I had to tell her, don't touch, don't touch his feet inappropriate. Don't touch his legs inappropriate. And so I was massaging him. I'm going to be honest with you. I was scared to over-massage him because he was a veteran actor. And I was like, oh, am I, you know what I mean? I was just like real super sensitive to him as a veteran actor. And then they were like, he was like, come on, massage me. You know? so, <laughs> that, he was like, know. I'm going to get a free massage while we shooting this thing. He said, girl, dig on up in there. And I was trying to handle him all carefully. And he was like, no, dig in. And so I went and dug in and I wanted that scene to come out. And it got cut and it was a good scene. And that was a scene where I had to tell a little girl something. I had to look at her. I literally slapped her in that scene. past the jail. But you know one thing I, I was going to ask you. If you have five minutes, um, and I'm going to put you on the screen, uh, five minutes to encourage an actor, what would you say? <laughs> I would say that you know, don't count yourself out. I would say to continue to um, learn your craft. Also study the type of actors that you think that you are. Position yourself in places where they're looking for actors. It might take a little investment. Um, there is a network called Backstage where they put that out all the time when they're looking for actors. Go on there, look at some of those people, look at those tapes. Don't give up. Continue to, if God gave it to you, then you know it's going to come to pass. But you have to work on your craft. You have to work on your talent. You have to do the things I said. Like, I have to work out. I have to be cognizant of my shape. I have to make sure my skin is taken care of. I have to make sure that I practice different dictions. So continue to work on you. And somebody will discover you. It may not happen instantaneously, but you also got to make sure that you're at the right place at the right time because you never know how it's going to happen. And also, just like me, I got a roll out of default. I wasn't what they were looking for. But because I was willing to go ahead, put my pride aside and audition for the role, I got the role. So even if you don't look like the role, you know what? A director can see something in you and they can create a role. They can write you in, you know, so go to some of these screenings. 
get to know the directors. When you hear screenings in your area, investor, you pay the money, go to the screening, start introducing yourself, be confident, be bold. Don't be afraid to try to talk to the directors, the casting directors, the producers, put yourself in that atmosphere. But the biggest thing is don't give up because it's not easy. Everybody wants to act. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be out there. So there are a lot of people that are trying to do the same thing you're doing, but you have to believe in what God said about you. Hey, mate, you better come on now. I didn't I, know you would literally go off the screen and put me on the screen. Yeah, because I wanted that message to go out because as a casting call, uh, casting call di director, um, booking agent, as you have been, you've been in so many roles. I know you've seen so many actors and I feel like those actors needed to hear what can I do better? What can you say, tell me that I can be encouraged to say, you know what, next time I got this. Yeah, we because just looked at over 200 or something this weekend. Wow. This past weekend. Yeah, we had quite a few submit for this new TV show. And, um, and then another thing, you know, some may not fit that role, but you like them. So you put them in your Rolodex and you're like, mm, they might fit the next thing. So that's another thing these actors need to know. Even though you may not fit that particular role, there may be one. And we remember, I've got like, uh, oh, let me see, I'm going to share this with you. When we were auditioning for Double Cross, there was a guy that got selected to be the boxer in Double Cross. We shoot Double Cross in LA. And um, he was pretty much casted. Crystal liked him. I liked him. At the last minute, he got injured. Mm. He got injured and he couldn't go do that role. So I had to find a new boxer. So I found a boxer out in LA. And I felt so bad for him because he got that role after we looked at so many different people. So this past weekend, he hit me up. He said, are you going to be at the auditions? I said, yeah, you know, because I try to, try to be kind to them. I don't want to be nasty to them. You know, casting directors can be a trip now. They can have little attitudes and be nasty and this, that, and the other. And so I said, yeah, I'm going to be there. So he was there early. That's another thing. It was about 10 of them already there way before we got there. There were people that came from New York, people that came from Cleveland, people that came from Memphis, people that flew in from L.A., that impressed the director. They didn't say that distance was a problem. They knew this was what they wanted. So they got in their planes, their boats, whatever, cars, helicopters, and they got there. So he was already there. When I got there, he was waiting. And he said, I'm here to get my role. He said, I'm here to audition. And I was like, wow, you know, and I remembered him because he kept that relationship going. In a nice way, not a bad way or overwhelming way or bothering me way. But he knew when to touch in and say, are y'all doing anything? I heard y'all were doing this or whatever. And then he followed through and he showed up. So he'll probably end up getting something. It may not be the role that he wanted, but just because he made those type of efforts and everything, this is the second time around, he'll probably end up, end up getting something. He was a great actor. Amen. And, and and that should encourage you actors and, and, and people in general of that. Don't give up. Build the relationship. Keep your character clean mm -hmm. and able to truly treat people for people and not what they could give for you. And watch how the doors will open when you treat people the way people should be treated <laughs> and that's mostly just treat them like normal people and be able to build relationships 
because I'm telling you, character gets you in rooms. It that, does. And 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 it's a it's it's going to better your chances of getting where you're trying to go. So when I put myself in rooms, uh, Pastor Jalen, I don't. You know what I'm saying? I invest in me and go in rooms too with where I'm trying to go. Mm-hmm. I don't just sit and be content. Say, oh, okay, I've made it. No, 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 no. I I continuously. Um, nurture my relationships. I put myself in rooms, even though I may have to invest in me. It may cost something. You can't be stingy about you. So I put myself before the great men and women of God that I want to work with or, you know, act for, cast for, promote, market, whatever. I make sure I put myself in those places. And you got to do that if you're serious about this, because there are so many people out there that want to sing, they want to act, they want to dance. And what's going to make the difference between you and them? Right. Some talented people out here. That's true. You know? And I think that's something important to know is that, you know, I, I had an actor director. He has a, a, a school now. His name is Brian Hooks. And Brian Hooks said that he had to invest in him. He spent $3,000 on Fat Beach back in the day. Wow. And wow. that's in the 90s. $3,000 wasn't nothing cheap. That's but a lot of money in the he, 90s. He actually invested in himself because he said, how can I ask people to invest in me if I don't invest in me? I think that was just so powerful right there because you, you sit in here and you want people to, to see you, but you have to invest in you too. So, man. Well, let me, let me share this. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. You know, I'm going to show you how much. I'm going to tell you how much I invested in me. Kind of give you an idea. When I got booked for double cars, my, all my outfits had to be white. All of them. Because I was one of the mothers. So the mothers... The mothers in the TV show, when you watch it, when you get to a certain level, you become a mother. You have to earn a spot as a mother. So all the outfits are white and the hair is white. You don't have white hair unless you become a mother. And I'm not talking about natural white hair. I'm talking about you don't get your white wig, whatever it may be, until you become a mother. So when it came time to shoot, I spent out of my own money because I wanted to invest in me thousands of dollars on white outfits mm. because I knew what I like to wear, how, what accents my body, what my swag is and Crystal and the designer, we have a designer on set. He picks out all your clothes, but they said she does such a good job. Let her do it. And I invested in me. You know, um, he has a rack of clothes up in there. Now, they do, but that's one thing. When we go in there, they have a picture, how they want you to look, down to the color of your lipstick, how your makeup, how your hair should look, all of that. They do all of that. And they already know what type, how they want you to look with clothes. But the clothes that they wanted me to wear, I went and paid for them myself so that I could invest and what I believed in, in me. And then I, then I properly represented myself on TV. So when you see all them outfits, I spent the money on those and they weren't cheap because I knew that I was dealing with a class act, number one show, and I'm not going to roll up in there and they give me 
the freedom to do this. How, mm -hmm. A lot of people don't get that type of freedom. Right. They're giving me the freedom to do this. So when I go to LA, I may have seven outfits with me. And then with those seven or eight outfits, then the fashion designer guy, he'll pick which one. But I've bought seven or eight outfits I already like. Mm. And they gave me that type of fit. And it was it was worth my investment. And you and you totally jumped into the role because you made it personal to you. Yeah. Because this is not something that you feel like, oh, I'm playing dress up. This is no, this is my clothes. Mm-hmm. So, so I got a bunch of white outfits that I need to give away now, Pastor Chick, because the outfits that we didn't use, I got a whole closet full of white. There's a there's a, there's a Baptist motherboard that is like donated to the church. But um, man, it's about that time. So Apostle, I appreciate you for coming on. I've known you for man. Six years now, man. How did we meet? It actually we met because of Tara. And is that Tara, how we met? And then we met at the Stellars um, after Tara connected us. So, and that was 2018. It's 2024. That was six it's years ago. That's it's amazing. But you've you've definitely have taught me a lot. I appreciate you for everything that you've done. Um, a lot of people, if you know the radio family, if you didn't know, a lot of people, if it wasn't for Apostle Verl, that you know, your favorite artist and your favorite actor and all that, if it wasn't for her, they wouldn't have been on the show. It was a lot of people that she's brought on. She supported Anointed Radio from the inception from our early years. I mean, we just was coming on live in the studio and she has supported us. So I definitely appreciate you apostle Verl, for everything that you've done and could continue going to your studio. You in did. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, it, wow. It's been, it's been, it's been a while now. So, um, I definitely appreciate you. And in the behalf of Anointed Radio, I definitely want to just thank you from the bottom of my heart for all the support and the efforts and, and everything that you didn't have to do, but you did and cultivating in the radio network and in my life personally. Oh, I thank you too. You have been a blessing to all our artists and um, interviewing them and opening up the platform. We appreciate it as well. And now it's your season to do your thing as an artist. Amen. So I'm excited about, I heard you say earlier that your um, song went viral, went to a million, you got a million hits. That's some big stuff. So you have paved the way for a lot of people. See, when you paved the way for a lot of people, the Bible says you reap what you sow. There's a harvest time for you as well. And so I bless God for your harvest time and it coming back to you for all the people that you have sown it to and open up a platform for them. Um, before we go, can I just get this one scripture? I have my Bible open. I'm still old school. Oh, it's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's out of Ezekiel 28 and 13. It says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was the covering. The sardius, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the ox, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the uh, carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of the tablets, and of thy pipes 
was prepared in the in the day that thou was created thou art the anointed cherub and you know that god was talking about the enemy who was kicked out of heaven but when he says in here thy tablets of thy pipes was prepared this is why a lot of people call the enemy the chief musician and while music has gotten so corrupted and so i had to read that scripture because i had been researching i kept researching people always say the devil was the chief musician same was the chief musician same, blah, 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 blah. and so i looked up for every scripture that was pertaining to him musically and i kept coming back to ezekiel 28 13 and then i kept going to uh revelation 20 and 10 about where he and all the other evil people are going to end up and then i kept going to um let's see well, those are the main two i wanted to share with you because this is why we're on assignment pastor Jalen. Because the industry we talked about earlier has been so corrupted and so evil. And God needs some people that are going to be on assignment to take back and to release his sound in mm. the atmosphere, his words, his worship in the atmosphere, regardless of what place or platform he blesses us with, whether it's the TV screen, whether it's the Reddit, whether it's the Grammys, whether it's the Stellas, the Dove Awards, whatever film festival, God is sending people like you and myself to go and represent him with a purified sound. And so I had to share that with you today. That's Amen. all, folks. I received that. that. That's all what she said. It's all, folks. And if, and if you're just coming in, it doesn't have to stop so you could always follow us on the podcast platform we're on iHeartRadio, we're on spotify we're on apple we're on everything but title and black effect i'm working on black effect you guys saw that charlemagne the god uh actually gave us a shout out he owns black effect i'm gonna reach out to them so we could be on black effect as well but understand you could go and always find an episode of an interview of someone giving you a gem of wisdom and definitely something that you could walk away with. And we up to almost 400 episodes on the podcast platform. So make sure you share the podcast platform, follow us, share, share, like subscribe, shout out to all my Instagram people, all my people on Twitch, everybody on YouTube. Of course, my OG people from Facebook, make sure you share, like subscribe, follow us, and just know that God isn't done with you yet. And you're, Due season is coming. Just keep having a great heart and a great character and watch how many doors open for you in 2024. Amen. Amen. See y'all next week.